Welcome to the Kairos Church Podcast. We believe Jesus loves you, has called us all into his family and kingdom, and is moving through his family to his glory. Kairos Church is located in Grandview, Missouri. You can find us online at kairos-kc.org or through social media at Kairos, Kansas City. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. So we're going to continue in Colossians. Of course, I have uh, three bad, seen-on-the-internet dad jokes that I want to give to you first, just to get you in the right mood. So this is seen on the internet. So an interviewer, why should we hire you as a waiter at our restaurant? Response, well, for starters, I can bring a lot to the table. (laughs) Next one, I saw a man pushing a lion and a witch into a wardrobe, and so I asked him, hey, what are you doing? His reply, go away, it's Narnia business. Okay. Okay. My favorite, this is ridiculous. It's July 7th and people are still shooting fireworks. One almost caught our Christmas decorations on fire. (laughs) There you go. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw the insane fireworks display that takes place in my neighborhood. I posted a minute and a half of it. It went an hour straight of just crazy in all directions from our house just going off and my, my lawn and roof were covered with little ashes and stuff. We had to put out one fire in one of our bushes, uh, but it was fun and I didn't have to pay anything. It was just the benefit of really. So bless the Lord. Colossians chapter one. <clears throat> we'll probably do communion uh, toward the end. So Colossians chapter one, let's go ahead and pray over the word and ask for his, um, the Holy Spirit's just presence here and that he would reveal Jesus to us this morning. Father, we come before you and we thank you, Lord, for being able to gather as a body. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for uh, being a family, for being able to encourage one another and challenge one another and do all that you've called us to do with the one another's in the New Testament. Lord, as we sit here and listen to your word this morning, Father, whether we're online or listening to this audio later on, Father, or here, Lord, uh, physically this morning, I pray, Father, you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive from your word. Holy Spirit, I ask for your anointing upon all of us this morning to be able to hear and receive and for me to be able to speak and get across what you want this morning. Preach the sermon that you want this morning, Lord, for each of us individually. Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus as only you can. Show us and teach us who Jesus was to us practically, Lord. Help us to change this morning from the hearing of your word, Lord. Give us rhemas and not just logos. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. So we're in the book of Colossians. Uh, Last week I began and I talked down through verse uh, 11 in the beginning of verse 12. And you can pull that up. It's on our podcast. It's from two weeks ago because last week we had our immersion service. So you can pull that up to review at what I, what I covered then, but I'm going to begin today with verse 12 and uh, go forward for a little while. <clears throat> verse 12, let me uh, start with verse 9 and kind of give you the context. And so this is, uh, again, is Paul writing to the church in Colossia, uh, who, where he had never visited, 
Uh, he had planted a church in Ephesus and had been there a number of years. And one of the men there had gotten saved and went over to uh, this area of Turkey and planted a church here in uh, Colossia and in Laodicea and another and surrounding areas. And so the church probably in this city of Colossia, uh, I keep saying the name differently because I don't know exactly how to say it, but uh, <clears throat> in this city was actually probably in the house of Philemon, in the book of Philemon, which is a really small book. So what more than likely happened was Paul sent back from prison in Rome three letters with this pastor, one to the church in Ephesus, one to the church in Colossia, and one to uh, Philemon individually to address the situation that was going on and to speak into that. So this is one of the letters Paul, as a father of the faith, is sending to the church there to encourage them in who Jesus is, beginning in verse 9. <clears throat> and so from the day that we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking for you that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, and bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Paul was pretty wordy, and uh, if you got, gave Paul the ability to talk, he would just talk. I mean, he had such a depth to him uh, that even when he wrote condensed letters like this, uh, every word is like a sermon. And uh, it's kind of fun to go through and just look at the, the one words, and you can see the depth of the Holy Spirit there. And if, uh, the way you know that Paul was wordy is he went and visited the one church, uh, I can't remember what city was in, and he talked for so long that the kid fell asleep and fell out of the window because he had talked like hours and hours and hours. They didn't have children's ministry there because they could just raise the dead. If you, if you fell dead, they would just raise you up. So, <clears throat> so Paul here did this. And uh, so he is such depth in all that he says. So beginning in verse 12, uh, we talked about giving thanks to the Father. But let me just give an emphasis here about thanks. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. You know, to give thanks, it begins with relationship. Thanks begins with being able to believe what is being given to you, receiving it, and responding back. Thanks is believing, receiving, and responding back. So when Paul says giving thanks, it is with the assumption that you have believed what he has said, you have received it into your heart, and you are now giving thanks, responding back to the God, back to God, because you see the value of what has been given you. There's a relationship there, and you that's the process you go through when you are giving thanks. It's not just a simple, hey, thanks. Hey, thanks is has this full depth of it 
that you have heard the word, received it in your heart, you acknowledge and see the weight of it, see the value of it. It becomes gratitude and gratefulness in your heart because you can see your eyes are open and you respond with your mouth. It is a verbal declaration of your heart agreeing with what you have received. So thanks is important to do. And it's good for you to figure out and think through and pray through what the Lord has done for you and respond with your mouth with thanks because it builds up a momentum of gratitude in your heart which liberates you. Gratitude liberates you. And Paul wants this church liberated. Jesus wants you liberated. And it comes from being gracious and having gratitude in your heart by beginning to think, what have I received? What do I believe? What is good? And beginning to voice with my mouth in declaration of agreement that this is good. Because remember, God is good. So if I never declare with my mouth what I see him working in my life that is good, then really the, the verse that says God is good, I really do not believe, have not received do not, I'm not in agreement with. And so I'm, I'm probably in kind of a religious state and I'm walking in bondage of do's and don'ts. But when I can see the heart of the Father and see his goodness and see it in my life individually, practically, I can begin to declare with thanks out of my mouth, causing my heart to be in agreement with his will. And I can see the movement of the Father in greater and greater and greater amounts because I have uh, aligned my heart with what he's doing. You can see how Paul just puts that one little phrase in there and it has such weight to it. So when you study, just practically, just a little, little side, uh, side thing here, when you're studying, when you're reading, what I generally do is I read until a world, word stands out to me. And then I stop. And as soon as that word kind of stands out to me, I stop and I begin to dig around in that word. I really like personally, uh, I used to have books. Um, everything now is online. And I, I use an app called Blue, Blue Letter Bible. There's a bunch of different apps out there. But the one I use is Blue Letter Bible where I can dig down and I can look at the Greek word that's there, the meaning of it, all the verses that it appears in, different uh, translations of that word. Uh, in different Bible translations. And I just kind of dig around and I allow the Lord to speak to me from what he's saying. I ask the Lord, what other scriptures are you, do you talk about this word in? And I dig around in those and see the meaning across so that I grasp the full understanding of the Greek word there, what the concept is. Because you know, unless you speak a foreign language, you probably don't realize that each of our words are simply sounds that match a concept in your brain. So when I say the word house, you picture something in your brain. So that sound is associated with what you picture. And we generally culturally have something in agreement that if I say the word house, you, we culturally generally picture kind of the same thing. Now, if you, everybody grew up in apartments, they would picture an apartment. If you grew up in the suburbs, you would picture a suburb. If you grew up rural, you'd picture a farm. You understand what I mean? But culturally, it's, it's the same. So in language, it's the same way. There's a Greek word here, say the word agape for love, unconditional love. It brings up this concept. But if I say love in English, it has a totally different concept than what the Greek word might encompass. 
So it's good to read the context of the verses around that Greek word so that you can get the full picture of the Greek word and not just limited to uh, English love, which is I love ice cream, I love my wife, I, I love the royals, I, I love these shoes. You understand what I mean? And God loves you. You know, so you've got to get a good encompass uh, ability to see the word. So that's what I do. So when he's saying thanks here, he's not just giving this simple, hey, pat on the back stuff. He is a full depth of getting an agreement with what God says about you, seeing what God has already done in your life and beginning to acknowledge and agree with and move forward with greater freedom of more of what God is doing by giving thanks. That's what he's saying here. There's so much depth here. Respond back. Second little word here, giving thanks to whom? To the Father. Giving thanks to the Father. Now that word Father encompasses again a ton. Father talks about relationship. Father talks about his, the Father God's relationship with you individually. You give thanks to him because you have relationship with him. There's the assumption that you know God to greater and greater degrees all the time. There's the assumption of who God is, uh, has, how he has revealed himself to you. Father means he is higher than you. Father means that he did something so that you exist. You know, you did not choose to exist. Not a single one of you chose to exist. You realize that? It was all the will of your father and the will of your mother, generally, whether good or bad will, doesn't make a difference, who got together and each participated and you were conceived. So this tells us that the will of the father, who is always good, wanted you to exist, he chose, even though you had no part in the choice. So it puts him in a position where he can be God because in, in our culture, it's all about me deciding for me and taking will and my choice and all of these things that talk about me, but there is a point where you have to understand that you have a father who is greater than you, and if he is greater than you, then he sees things that you don't see. You submit your life to him. You learn to trust him. You learn to receive from him, and it's outside of your ability to manipulate it to get how you want. You are not God. And that's a deep concept for you. But when you understand the word Father isn't just simply there to throw in a religious word so that you think back, oh yeah, the Lord's Prayer, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, it's not just for religiosity. It is to remind you the depth of the relationship that you have with the creator of the universe, God Almighty, who sees and loves you each individually. You are seen now, that may or may not sink down deep in your heart, depending on whether or not you are, have seen and experienced the care of the Father in your life. It's there. You just may not recognize it. Recently, I was talking to somebody, 
and um, they uh, received an answer to prayer that was several years in the making that they didn't know about, but it came right at the right time, and it showed them the heart of the Father towards them, that before they knew the need, the need was already begun to be taken care of by the Father. That's somebody outside of you who sees you, cares about you, loves you, and is pursuing deep relationship with you. So give thanks to the Father has this humongous weight to it. Not just a simple, you know, it's one of those phrases that we throw into songs and we throw up on the refrigerator. It just, yeah, give thanks to the Father. It just has this weakness to it, but it has such a weight when you really think about it. Give thanks to the Father. God cares about me. God cares about you individually. God sees you, the Father, not just this invisible God who has no personality or no buy-in or no, no you know, agnostic type thing. But God the Father, who made a choice to see you exist individually, sees you, cares about you, and is working and is working in your life. So notice that and give thanks. And get liberated to see and walk in greater and greater amounts of what the Father is doing in your life. Because that's where liberty is. That's why it says in the Ten Commandments, Honor your mother and your father. Recognize that they, even though they are, that they are outside of you, that they chose to create you, that you exist. You honor what you cannot control. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. This word qualified is it's kind of cool because it means to make sufficient, to render fit. He's qualified you. You are good enough because of what he has done. But I, I'm a failure. Well, we're not looking at your contribution to this. We're looking at the father's contribution to this, and he has made you sufficient. He has rendered you fit. He has qualified you to be a part. Enabled is another translation of the word. It says here the same, same Greek word is used in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. And it says that you're sufficient to be ministers of the new covenant. You're qualified to be ministers of the new covenant. You're rendered fit to be ministers of the new covenant. You are able to minister and to show others the love of Jesus. You don't have to have a Bible degree. You don't have to have a seminary degree. You don't have to have an uh, occupation as a minister in a church. You are qualified because he qualified you. So you go out in the strength that you have and the understanding that you have and the wisdom that you have, and you just begin loving your neighbor. Big, easy part, being kind. You are qualified. The Father has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light, to share in the inheritance 
of the saints in light. Share in, have a peace in, inheritance, it all belongs to you. It's part of, uh, uh, it's him, his nature that he has given to you. It belongs to you in Christ Jesus. If you focus on you, you will notice your failings. And the only thing you can do from that point is to just give it to Jesus. You can't continue to stay staring at yourself because you will never acknowledge who he is. You can't be thankful for the work of the Father if your eyes are always on yourself. Your eyes have to be on him and his finished work because he has qualified you. You pick yourself up, you repent, and you move on. Qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints. It belongs to the saints. The saints are those who are set, set aside for his work. That includes all of us, his family. And we've been put into light. Uh, I like the fact that he has opened our eyes and given us the ability to see. It's not just the opposite of, of darkness, the kingdom of Satan. It is actually, uh, uh, it's also the opening of your eyes so that you can see, have understanding. If you don't have understanding when you read the word, ask the Holy Spirit. It's real simple. Say, Holy Spirit, as I'm reading today, speak to me. Reveal Jesus to me today. Show me something in the word. He wants to open your eyes to things. He wants to open your eyes to what he is doing around you and in you. He is the God of light, the God of revelation. He wants to open the eyes of those that are around you. Agree with him in it and begin to ask, Lord, open their eyes that they would see. So Jesus has qualified you to share in the inheritance. Verse 13, he has delivered us from the dominion of or domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. He has delivered us. You'll notice uh, I underlined in my Bible three things that he's done, uh, qualified, delivered, and transferred. They're all past tense because they all happened at the cross. Okay. We receive them now in our present tense, but they're things that happened at the cross. They're done. It's finished work of Jesus. He uh, qualified us, and I've underlined it. I am qualified, not by my own qualifications, but because of his qualifications, I'm qualified. I rest in his qualification of me, and I will conform to his image through that. He has delivered me, and he has transferred me. Delivered. This word is kind of unique. It means to like, uh, it comes from the, the root word to flow. So imagine like the flow of a river or a movement. And uh, to deliver means it comes in and just kind of uh, has the connotation of rescue by coming in and surrounding and taking over and, and uh, getting rid of whatever it was that was there. So if you're surrounded by fire, this water comes in and rushes all around you. This flow does and puts out all the fire. You know, or if you're surrounded by the enemy, it comes in and takes over and separates you and rescues you and carries you away in his love. That's what this word and it's transferred as delivered. It reminds me of the verse that uh, I think gets misquoted uh, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises the standard against him. You know, there's no comma there. 
So it could very well be when the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, the Lord raises up a standard against them. The Lord comes in with all of his power and might, and this flow comes in and he delivers and totally blows out the, uh, the enemy who's attacking. He surrounds you with his love, surrounds you with his presence, with his joy, and brings you the victory. He delivers you. This is the same word that's in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, 13. Deliver us from evil. This is the same word. Uh, It's also the same uh, word in Romans 7, 24, when Paul, after going through all of Romans 7, where he goes, you know, everything that I want to do, I end up not doing, and everything I don't want to do, I end up doing. And, you know, this whole big, the very end, he asked the question, who will deliver me from this body of death? I think. I thank uh, God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. So it's the same word there, delivered there. So you see how he comes in because God, your father, is more powerful than anything that's coming against you or anything, any character weakness that you have or any soul wound that you have or anything that's, that culturally is beating you up. Uh, the, uh, God is bigger in his love and he comes in and he surrounds like this massive flood flow that comes in and just kind of takes over it just kind of comes in. I can just imagine it coming in going, okay, we're here. Just back up now, you know. Domain is authority. So you have been delivered from the authority of the kingdom of darkness. Domain is the ability to have authority over You've been delivered the flood of the love of God, the flood of the righteousness and holiness and all the finished work of Jesus Christ comes in and floods over and takes over and delivers you from the authority of darkness. Influence, power over, it does not need to affect you because you've been delivered, you've been surrounded by the presence of the Lord. Now, it's a constant putting off the old man and putting on the new and agreeing with the father and and walking it out in maturity and growing in that. But it's a finished work that we are learning to walk in more and more every day. Darkness, Satan, demonic, and also lack of sight, not being able to see, uh, ignorance of the word, the inability to see what God is doing. You've been delivered from the authority that takes place because you cannot see. The Lord wants to reveal and will reveal. All you have to do is ask and trust. Just move forward. This is what Paul is saying here. You've been qualified. You've been delivered. And don't forget, you have been transferred to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. You'll see that you were transferred not into a, uh, not from the, uh, the pot into the fire, not from a worse situation into an even worse situation. You've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness, out of the authority and domain of darkness into the ability to see and see Jesus and grow in his love and understanding and get liberated. You know, when you ask Jesus into your heart, it isn't just fire insurance. 
It isn't just to keep you from going to hell. It's about having a relationship with God and growing in that where it permeates through you and you begin to change. Not because of religious duty, but things just begin to fall off. And revelation hits, I don't need to fear anymore. I have nothing to prove to the Father. He loves me. I don't need to strive anymore. I don't need to pursue this area of sexual gratification because my heart has been healed. The wound that pushed me in that direction isn't there anymore. This is what the Lord does. This is what walking with Jesus does. You begin to change because of the work of Jesus in your life permeating through you as you are transferred into his kingdom of light. It's done once and it happens our entire life. It's both tenses there. It says here that you're transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son. Think of relationship. In whom we have redemption, relationship, and the forgiveness of sins, relationship. You can see it's all about relationship. You're under his authority and his kingship. In his kingdom, you belong to uh, Jesus, not to Satan. So you can literally say, you know what? I refuse to agree with that because I am in the kingdom of my Lord Jesus Christ. And those rules and laws do not apply to me. I live in the embassy of my Savior, even though the embassy is located maybe in a territory predominantly controlled or influenced by the enemy. I still live in the embassy. I'm an ambassador, and you don't mess with the ambassador. I have been redeemed. He paid for me. So even when I mess up, it's not like, you know, like imagine the American ambassador in any country, and the American ambassador does something that is wrong. Uh-oh. No longer American. Kick him out. He's now a citizen of that other country because he screwed up and did a mistake. No. He comes back and he is judged and ruled by the laws of the, company, the country that he represents. And so when we mess up, we boldly go to the throne of Christ, Hebrews chapter 4, to find help in our times of need. 1 John 1, 9, we keep the um, altar well-oiled to repent and, and, and confess our sins to the Lord and receive his forgiveness, receive his mercy, receive his grace to help us in our times of need. That's why we as citizens of the Father's kingdom go to the Father out of relationship with him. We're not tossed to and fro from kingdom to kingdom to kingdom, transferred in and out, zoop, 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 zoop. And if we were, we would be like Star Trek where they, they send the guys off to the planet and they lose them because they send them to the wrong place, you know, and they, and they're gone. No, we have been translated, transferred into the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let us act like children of the Father and stop acting like, I don't know, stepkids. Like we're not loved, like we're just kind of thrown into the family, but we're not fully adopted, we're not fully loved, we're not. 
We are sons and daughters of the king. And the easiest way to tell where your heart is in this is, can you go to the father with thanks? If you have difficulty thanking the father, then you've got a wound that you need to talk to the father about because you have not received and do not recognize the finished work of Jesus Christ. These verses right here, the fact that you have been qualified, that you have been delivered, that you have been transferred, that you have redemption, that you have forgiveness, that the dominion of darkness doesn't rule over you, that you have an inheritance in the saints, that you are full of light. All of these things should stir up a heart of gratitude of just like, wow, man, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, because I was an idiot stuck in my sin. I was ruled by, by the spirits of darkness who ruled me and sought to destroy me. Everything I wanted to do that was right, that I knew to do was right, I could not do. Because my flesh tore me one way and my soul tore me the other way and I was just a mess. But thank God through Jesus Christ my Lord, by his blood which I received, I have learned to walk with him. I have been redeemed I have been purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and I receive his forgiveness and I receive daily that walk. That's why we take communion to remind us of the work of Jesus Christ. So let's prepare to take communion here as we're closing out and remind us again today that we have been qualified, delivered, and transferred. If you do not have elements, the ushers have some. They'll bring them, come down the aisle. You're welcome to grab them. Bless you, Lord. Jesus, thank you. We have been given the ministry of reconciliation because we have been reconciled. It's just an offshoot of who we are. We're thankful, Father. Father, thank you, Lord, for your body that was broken for us. Lord Jesus, we acknowledge this morning the cost of your, your obedience to the cross, how you were beaten, how you were stripped, how you were uh, forced to carry that heavy wooden cross all the way up the Via Della Rosa, Lord, to Galgotha. Father, the way you suffered, thank you, Father, for doing that for us. You paid the price for our sin, and your body was broken for us. We take this little piece of wafer in remembrance of your sacrifice for us, Lord. Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your blood, which was shed for us. That you didn't just shed it just to do some kind of religious sacrificial act, something that needed to be done over and over and over again, like the, uh, the uh, sacrifice of lambs on the altars preceding this. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You were the final lamb, the lamb of God, holy uh, and perfect. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that your blood was sufficient that you have qualified us, and we receive that qualification this morning. That you have delivered us, we receive that deliverance this morning. And that you have transferred us, we receive that transfer this morning, Lord.
into your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for the powerful work of your blood that even today brings and affects us each individually. Thank you, Lord, for it. That was Pastor Matt Backtold. Matt has been the lead pastor of Kairos Church since 2014. Thank you for listening. Please support our ministries as we develop Christian community in the greater Kansas City area and beyond. You can give online through our mobile app or website, www.kairos-kc.org.